What's up? Welcome back to another episode of Liberty Diner Dish. I'm Ken. I'm Michelle. And we're about to jump right into another episode of Queer as Folk. Let's do it. We are up to episode 303 already. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Coming off of 302, there was so much. Yeah, it was a little, little heavy. <laughs> you know, I looked at, that was a, a longer episode for us, like our a longer podcast episode for us. But there was so much stuff that we didn't even get to talk yeah, about. Yeah, we unpacked, okay? <laughs> yeah, we unpacked as much as we, we, could. As we could, yeah. Uh, So let's go ahead and dive into this one. So we start out and we find Brian there in the middle of the dance floor and... There is a guy giving him a, a favor just Ooh. right out there on the dance floor. Brian don't give a damn, okay? No, so he's still kind of in that a little whole, weird funk thing yeah. that he got going on. Yeah, so we're watching him, and he's got his eyes closed, clearly out of it again. And so we're watching him, and the scene fades over, and we see some laundry there on a spin cycle. Mm-hmm. And I think the point is that it's like Brian is still in spinning. that, mm-hmm. yeah, still in that downward spiral. You know, he's still spinning his wheels. Stuck in his old patterns and coping mechanisms that are unhealthy and ineffective. Exactly. Or ineffective. Um, I just invented a word there. Anyway, well, the laundry act- actually belongs to Michael, and he is not alone there at the apartment. Hell like, no. <laughs> yeah. I, I would have ran out of there, yeah, okay? Yeah, there's a leather <laughs> daddy there washing his um equipment. Is yeah. that the proper way to clean? First of all, they were like, as long as my arm, those dildos. Yes, he had some dildos that were like, I mean, gargantua. Yeah. I mean, oh my God. <laughs> I don't even know what you would do with that. And absolutely not. No. And, and who washes them like that? <laughs> Right. I, I don't, maybe that's a technique that we just haven't okay, heard well, about. I don't know. Well, Leather, Leather Daddy, if you're listening, is that the proper way you really yeah, supposed to clean them? Somebody let us, well, maybe don't let us know yeah. because I'll get those messages. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, let her know, y'all. Okay. <laughs> well, Michael goes back to his apartment and Ben is there and he is deeply engrossed in whatever he is doing. Michael's trying to get his attention, attention but that's not working. Uh, well, Ben is reading the classifieds and he's trying to find an apartment. He so was he serious. really, yeah, he meant what he said. Yeah, like yeah, you know, you're nothing to take me for granted. Yeah, you know? he really does think that it's best that he finds his own his own apartment. And I think it's like until you decide where your time is going to be spent, what your priorities are, like let's yeah, yeah, because it's it could be confusing for Ben to be there, but it's like okay, I'm here, like I'm a priority, but I'm not being treated like the priority. So absolutely, and I mean, if we're not going to spend time together because you're out every night, and not the fact that you're going out. It's the fact that you're going out all night. You're not coming home to three, four in the morning type deal. You mm-hmm. know, you're leaving in regular hours and coming home weird hours. Like, I'm getting ready to wake up and go work out. And not even just that. Like, you're going out with Brian, who, yes, is your friend, but who I know that you've always had this thing for. Yes. Yeah, and and Brian's just not in a very healthy place right now. And Ben right. recognizes that. He knows that. And so he's like, I don't really trust the decisions that Brian's making right now. And if you're letting him make the decisions for both of y'all... Because in the last episode, Michael says, well, it was, it's Brian's fault that I was out all night. So if you're letting mm. him make the decisions and, and he's not making good decisions right now, then yeah. nah, I don't there, want Yeah, yeah. I need mm-hmm. some distance from that. So I get where, where Ben is coming from. Me too. When Michael says, this is your apartment, you already have a place to live. Ben says, are you sure you wouldn't rather be out with Brian? And we get a cutaway to what Michael imagines Brian is doing, which is exactly what, what Brian is doing. doing. Yeah. And Michael says, yeah, that might be tempting, but he's choosing to be home with Ben doing the boring couple stuff with him. You're in a doghouse. You know, like, you don't say stuff like that. <laughs> it's tempting. Is it? If it's so dumb, then take your ass on, you know, and get my newspaper back so I can continue looking look at these ads because I can give me a good apartment. Yeah. Uh, so we go over to the loft and Lindsay is there with Gus. And Lindsay's asking him to help with the center's um, a fundraising event that they're going to have, a, a carnival. And this is the GLC, the Gay and Lesbian Center, that we are already, we're already familiar with. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lindsay says the center needs more financial support. So this is very important. Uh, they need a couple hundred thousand dollars. And Lindsay also brought the secret weapon with her, Gus. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, she is like all set up to play house. She's got Gus's toys all over the living room area. I mean, she knows what she's doing. Lindsay is a mastermind of <laughs> finessing people. Yeah. She, she has it down. Girl, give me some pointers, okay? How to get those checks cut, okay? <laughs> because she'll come over there with the baby. She'll have that pretty smile going. She'll have the girls out. You know, like, Lindsay, <laughs> Lindsay gonna get what she... Gonna, when she comes, she's coming, okay? Yeah. She's gonna get what she wants. 
Uh, well, our last dealing with the the GLC was um, when they were going to give Brian that hero award, but then they weren't going to, but then they were begrudgingly. And we didn't forget about that. And neither did Brian. Nope. And he says it's not his problem, uh, you know, that they need money. They you know need all this help. He's like, somebody else can deal with that. And you can see the moment that Lindsay realizes that the gust tactic doesn't work. She like <laughs> drops his little plushy toys like, well, forget that. Exactly. <laughs> like, it's over. Yeah. Do you think Brian keeps toys for Gus at the loft? No, I don't think so at all. Because I don't think he comes to the loft enough. Like when we see Brian and Lindsay together, they're out at the park walking or they're at the girl's house. They're always out and about doing something. I don't think, normally when she shows up, she shows up by herself. She doesn't have the baby. Yeah. Because she's about to ask for something. (laughs) True. Um, But Well, yeah, I was just wondering because they're like, there's a lot of toys there. And if she is lugging all that stuff around for a 10 minute conversation with Brian, like, it's no wonder she doesn't want a second baby. Yeah. If he needs all this just to stay calm, like, no. (laughs) Well, as they are talking, a very naked guy walks out and over to the kitchen, um, which makes me think that Lindsay rolled up to the loft unannounced. As always. (laughs) Yeah. Come on, what what will make... Why would we think otherwise? Right. Yeah, okay. it's one thing if she's coming by herself, but if you got Gus with you, you should probably definitely call because you in. you know whose house you're going to. Yeah, I mean, but it's also possible that Brian just doesn't care either way. So yeah, he doesn't. That. Yeah. But let's get on to the new man that's walking around this um this loft girl. Yeah. Oh my god! Like he is <laughs> built like a god. Okay. Yeah. So I'm guessing this is the guy from Babylon the night before, mm-hmm. and well, it's probably morning time when they were hooking up at Babylon, so they just came onto the loft for, to extend the um, activities there. Uh, but the guy is still there after the fact, and so and that which is weird because we all know Brian doesn't let anybody spend the night. Well, if he does, it's like okay, now you're time up, now go. it's time to leave. Yeah, because in the last episode, he abruptly kicked that yeah. guy out. Now we know there was a whole lot of other stuff mm-hmm. with that one, but this dude was all in the refrigerator. Yeah, he just like casually walked over, like like he brought the groceries yeah. over there, <laughs> like and, and then just looking, like you know, like yeah, this is my this is where I live at. Yeah, this yeah. is this is my spot right here. Y'all can chill. Y'all can talk. I don't know. Yeah, that was um that was kind of interesting to me that he was just in there like that. And that, yeah, Brian didn't say anything when he just walked out, went to the kitchen, and went back to the room. But anyway, uh, so Lindsay is covering poor little Gus's eyes, but she tells Brian how important the fundraiser is to the members of the community, to it, the AIDS hospice. There's like a youth, um, a queer teen center there. And she's like, hey, we really need this. This could help other people. Even if it doesn't affect you, it affects our community. And he's like, yeah, I don't do volunteer work. I just kind of don't care about that. Um, And Brian has never really presented himself as a pillar for the community. No. And he's all about his right to be a gay man and to live a life that looks the way he wants it to. But he doesn't really care to chase the cause. But he also feels how phony that community, I mean, that that committee is. Right, because of how they treated him in season two. And, And they care about what everyone says. Brian lives his life. For him, not for everyone else. Either you take me, you love me, or you hate me. You know, it is what it is. Like, I'm going to be me, and that's it. And they always put on a front. So, he, I mean, he doesn't care about that. He can right. only be the best gay that he can be. And But there are times when he's, like, willing to help out and do things, but usually there's some benefit to him, too. Correct. So, yeah. When Ryan says, nah, not interested, Lindsay's a little disappointed and a little upset because she feels like he's not taking it seriously. And she kind of says as much. But things with Brian aren't always exactly what they seem. Because while they were talking, you know, he's looking through this magazine. Mm-hmm. And something caught his eye. And now he's kind of spinning his wheels and putting something together that might work <laughs> for both parties. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. As a businessman would. Yeah. So he's willing to help for a fee. Even though it's a charity event. But I mean, some people charge for that. But I would charge them too. They did him <laughs> dirty a couple of episodes ago. You know, yeah. like, no, they would be charged. So over at the GLC, I guess they're having a board meeting or whatever. And I think Philip and Tannis are refusing to work with Brian. <laughs> they're like, absolutely not. We're not doing that again. No, but Lindsay got some of us leave, though. Okay. Like, and yeah. Br- Brian put together this badass proposal. Okay. Like, I mean, they should be so lucky that he actually put something together. And Lindsay came over there. Like, I mean, she had her poker face on. She was ready. I mean, she <laughs> pulled those booklets out so fast out that baby diaper bag. And uh, dropped it in front of him. Yeah, because it's really like, what's more important to you? Do you want the money to do these great things that you said need to be done? Or, or do you just want to hate Brian? Yeah, do you just want, yeah. Just want to hate him and exclude him because he's Brian or whatever. So, yeah. But Lindsay's like, oh, he already put together a presentation. So he 
threw that together real quick. He did. <laughs> so Brian said, would you rather have 100%? Well, Brian through Lindsay said, would you rather have 100% of nothing or 80% of a whole lot more money than you were going to make on this on your own? So, that part. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like, so money talks. Take it or leave it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then we see Brian and he is uh, test driving this classic Corvette, the one that he found in the magazine that this little event is going to pay for. Michael is is with him. And he's asking Michael, what do you think about what do you think about the car? And then he says, well, this is pretty expensive boyfriend replacement therapy, <laughs> uh, which, you know, Michael is that broken clock. That's right. Twice a day. Yeah, that <laughs> so, part. OK. Yeah. Because that's definitely what this is. Like, yeah, sure. Maybe he just liked the car and wanted the car. I mean, because he's still, as far as we know, has the company Jeep. But I really think that's what he's doing. You know, it is some type, some form of, of coping. He, I mean, yeah. duh. When you're hurting, why, retail therapy is the best. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He just happens to have a great taste. Yeah. So he tells Michael, well, I don't have a boyfriend, which is very true. But then he also says, I never had a boyfriend. So, oh, please. Mm, debatable. <laughs> but okay. Please. <laughs> yeah. So Michael says, well, what is this, a midlife crisis? And he says, well, I'm only 30. Well, One. actually, he's 31. <laughs> yeah. And he says that he plans on being dead by the time he's 39. And he's like, so, you know what's the point might as well live how i want to right now and i think i think brian has that in his mind like he's not gonna slow down it's like i'm gonna live life at this speed if that means i have an early end like and that's what he's been saying since season one right very much has that idea in his mind well that's why every every episode we see he's always like yolo like you only live once he goes full throttle always so yeah so he says that and he doesn't say it in a way that that makes you like concerned for him but but yeah i think he thinks it's true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what he feels. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of living fast, he leans over and tells Michael, well, if we leave now, we can be, you know, we can be in New York, <laughs> you know, um, pretty quickly. And Michael tells him, no, he says, Ben nearly moved out because of you. And I'm like, no, girl. No, mm-mm. no, girl. He nearly moved out because of you. Yeah, because of you. He's not dating Brian. Okay. Right. He's dating you. Brian's and not supposed to be at his house at a, at a respectable hour. That part. Okay. So, I mean, you, know you chose. That made me think of something. So in the last episode, Michael said that he got home at 2.45. And I wonder if that's because Brian was trying to get home by 3. Mm-hmm. I don't get know. Get home by 3. Yeah. That's wonder. Still. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so over at the diner, Carl is there having a meal with Debbie. And it's good to see them again because we were kind of wondering, like, what happened with them. But, yeah, I liked seeing them. And Debbie's looking good. She's been dieting and mm-hmm. losing weight. I don't ever like to be someone who points out the fact that a woman is losing weight because, gosh, there's enough discussion on women and their bodies. <laughs> but because it's part of this episode, I'll bring it up. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So he's trying to set up their next little their next little date, and uh, mm-hmm. he wants to come to her house and watch TV. Well, the only TV that's working is the one upstairs <laughs> in Debbie's bedroom. And come through, Horvath. Carl says, "Oh yeah, I know." <laughs> yeah, he ain't playing. Okay, but yeah, I was happy to see Debbie. With her man in front of her. I mean, she was like a little kid. He was courting her. Yeah. Sitting at the bar, watching her work. He looked happy. She was happy, you know? And I love that he's, he he always pushes her to step outside of her comfort zone. Like, I want to come over. Like, we're done with the bowling stuff. Like, let's, you know, have a nice yeah. meal together. And then let's watch some TV. And like yeah. you said, the only TV is up in the room. Yeah. He is trying to move them further yeah. down the field. He you is. know, And not just for the physical no, gratification. Not at but all. he's just like... Trying to establish a real relationship with her. So he's coming to her place, yeah. to her community, her neighborhood, and just trying to, yeah, move things along. I love what's brewing with them. And it's so weird to see it on this show, but but I love that it's included, that we get this a heterosexual couple, but it's an older couple. So it's still not the norm. Exactly. It'd be one thing if they were 20-year-olds or even 30-year-olds, but to see it's, they're older. Mm-hmm. So I like that even... In doing something that's quote unquote straight or normal, or there's still a little slant. To yeah. It. So Ted and Emmett are there having um, breakfast or whatever at the diner, and Debbie comes over to serve them, and they ask her, "What's it like <laughs> being with a cop?" And <laughs> just basically giving her a hard time about being with Carl, and Debbie's a little nervous because she knows, okay, at some point things are probably. Or he's going to want things to progress. And I think mm-hmm. she does, too. And so she's a little nervous. So she she takes what they're saying. But then she just tells them to M-Y-O-B. My, yes. 
<laughs> Mind your own fucking business, okay? She yeah. she left the F she out. Had, yeah, she added a letter in but, there. You know what? Well, go yeah. ahead, Debbie. Read them. You know what I'm saying? Let them know. But you know what, Debbie? You always in somebody's business. That's true. Mel just told you last week she didn't want to talk about it, but you was like, no, nah, let's talk about it. <laughs> okay, but when it comes to your business, you got an MYOB. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, no, her, she is not the one that can tell anybody. No, no. Yeah. Uh, so Brian walks in and uh, gives a little snap at Ted and Emmett. And then he sees Justin. Justin's there working. And there's a little bit of a stutter in his step there. He comes in and it's clear he's on a mission. Like, he didn't right. go in to sit down with him. Like, he probably knew this was Justin's shift. He is definitely on a mission to go there and talk to him. And you can kind of see that. He's very put together. Girl, she's <laughs> yeah. looking good in that camel yeah. coat. And I was um, like, wow. Ted and Emmett are looking like, ooh, because they, they, me and you are so Ted and Emmett sometimes because we will always like, ooh, what's going on over there? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> so, they pick up on the fact that Brian is going over to talk to, to talk to Justin. My heart jumped a little bit when I saw that though. I was like, oh my God, he's about to get him back. I'm still being hopeful, you know? Yeah. I mean, and every time Justin crushes me down, but I, I'm, I'm hopeful. <laughs> I'm very hopeful. And I love that Brian, although they've broken up, I love that he still communicates with him. Yeah. In uh, a respectful way and still caring and loving. Although he needed Justin, you know, for a favor, I think that was just an excuse for him to get close and talk to him again, you know? Well, I think that last scene that they had in the loft when when Justin came to thank him for the, or what really told me he couldn't take the money, but mm-hmm. then to thank him for it and to take the computer... I think that really opened the door for them to kind of, okay, let's figure out what it could look like to still live in each other's orbit. Right. You know? mm-hmm. I do feel like it, it opened that door. And so now Brian can go over and <laughs> and have this conversation with him. And so he tells him, I have a proposition for you. And Justin looks a little bit worried. Like, uh, proposition. <laughs> and Brian says, a business proposition. He needs a poster for the carnival for the center. He says he needs something hot and brilliant, and he needs it tomorrow. And Justin's like, yeah, get real. Yeah. <laughs> so he starts to walk off, and Brian says, well, I wouldn't ask if I didn't think you could do it. And Justin says, or because you're desperate. And then Brian says, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he kind of agrees with that. Mm-hmm. I think there's a double a meaning. Shade. Well, I think there's a double meaning to it, you know? As in you desperate for me? As in, like, you desperate for me and you need my work? Well, I no, I feel like Justin was saying like, no, you're desperate. You need somebody to do it, and so you're coming to me because you you're you're assuming I'll do it. But no, I think when Brian acknowledges, yes, I maybe I am desperate. I think there's a double meaning on that. As side. in, like, as in, he still wants Justin. I feel like yes. I thought he was trying to shade him. Really? Mm-hmm. How so? As in, oh, you're desperate. Well, yeah, I'm desperate. Like you're my last resort. Oh, I get you. Okay. Yeah, like yeah, yeah you're, you're the last resort. But it was just him poking fun. Like mm-hmm. it really wasn't shade, like hard, heavy shade. It was just more like, yeah, I wouldn't ask if I didn't need you. You know. Okay. I mean, I see where you come from. Um. Well, I said that I think that there were two meanings. That that could maybe there. Maybe that could be a third meaning. one. <laughs> yeah. There, there, there maybe three. There's multiple. What do y'all think? What's your meaning? Yeah. <laughs> he tells Justin that um here I need this poster. It's for the center. You know, for their fundraiser. And he asks if he'll do it, and Justin says yes. But and since it's for a good cause, I'll do it for free. And Brian's like, "Mm, <laughs> like that's not that's not what I taught you." Yeah. So he says, "Okay, five hundred dollars." And Brian's is two hundred, and Justin's like, "Nope, five hundred. Take it or leave it." Brian taught him that. Yeah, and Brian <laughs> says, "I like the way you do you do business." And I think that Brian went to Justin and asked him to do it because to help him out for money. Yeah, he's for still sure. trying to help him out and take care of him. And he and knows, he knows Justin, Justin ain't gonna take it. Won't take it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't just roll up with a five hundred dollar check for yep. him. He has to go some other route to get it to him. And this is a way to validate him as an artist. Yep. Because you can't tell me Brian is a partner at an advertising agency. Mm-hmm. You can't tell me there ain't somebody in there that can throw together a poster. Exactly. So, they yeah. could have got it together. He wanted to. He wanted to make sure Justin is taken care of because he mm-hmm. knows he's struggling. Yeah, and he also knows he's a great artist. Yeah. So it's like I'm gonna. Get, this is gonna kill several birds with one stone. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get a great poster for this event. I'm gonna get to help Justin. I'm gonna get to talk to Justin. Exactly. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, so Melanie is getting home and she is telling Lindsay that she had the procedure a few a few zaps of the laser and she's good to go. And I'm just like. Y'all didn't talk about that? Again, what? girl. <laughs> I, this this is why they can't have no damn baby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Y'all don't ever discuss Y'all the important shit. You do not. You don't you'll never discuss the important stuff. Ever. I mean, your your wife at the house sitting home with the baby and you gonna come home telling her you just had the little stitch stitch or whatever. My thing is, I don't know 
was the decision final? It was the only hangup that Lindsay was going to have to carry the baby? It's, it seemed like to me there were a couple other things involved. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so I don't know what the yeah. pl- whole plan is. Yeah, I'm not sure what the, the end game is here. But uh, Melanie is pumped. And she says, you know, she faced her fears. She just kind of looked at it head on. And she went and got this done. And she said the doctor said that she can get pregnant right away. And Lindsay is happy about this. And I'm like, I was oh, is that? And I was a little confused, too, because that felt like a quick turnaround for mm-hmm. Lindsay. But it's like, okay, so now that Melanie's going to have to walk around with the swollen feet and all that stuff, it's all good to have another baby? Like, <laughs> Yeah. Because they could have considered that option before. They could I guess it was just the... But that's part of what we talked about, Melanie's assumption that Lindsay was going to be the one carrying. Mm-hmm. But Lindsay could have said, well, how about... Well, I guess because at that point, Melanie couldn't carry. Right. I don't know, but it's just it's just a quick turnaround for me. For and normally, I mean, you were furious when she told somebody that y'all was going to have another child. She didn't say that you was gonna be pregnant tomorrow. I know, you know? yeah. But you were furious, but you're not upset that she went and had a medical procedure and you didn't even know about it. Like, I mean, and it's like, oh yeah, we we get we're gonna get pregnant See, immediately. This is what I mean. Their relationship is Rocky Balboa. Yes, girl, for <laughs> real though. Okay, yes. But uh, yeah, so. They say, okay, now all we have to do, well, Melanie says, all we have to do now is pick a donor. Um, Well, Lindsay is like, oh, we already got one of those. And Melanie is not having it. She says, Brian is selfish. And she's like, we don't even know if he's negative. And She was going for the juggler on that. Yeah. And she lucky Lindsay didn't pop back. You understand? Fire back because we know how she defends Brian. Yeah. Well, Lindsay is trying to, like, talk up his attributes. And she says, well, he's all, he's changed. He's always there to write a check. Now, notice that's the first Girl, thing. <laughs> when she led with that, when she led with he's always there to write a check, I was like, ding, ding, told y'all. Yeah. I told you. Yeah. All she does all is go over the there money. all about the money. Yeah. She said he's always quick to write a check to put up a swing set. Like, she's saying he's done all these things and he's changed. And then she says, well, and also, without him, if we get another donor, our kids wouldn't be related. Which... It's I true. never thought about that, though. That is so true. Yeah. I just, well, we'll get more into it, but I don't know that we, well, yeah, I'll just save it for later. <laughs> <laughs> so at the gym, Michael, Brian, Ted, and Emmett are there uh, working out and eyeing some candy <laughs> around the gym. And they spot this one guy and he is like really buff. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about like how he got that way. And Brian's like, oh, well, it's steroids. They'll do that to mm-hmm. you. Well, Debbie pops up, <laughs> and Michael's like, Mom, what are you doing here? Exactly. She's the same as you guys. <laughs> I'm like, damn, Debbie. Okay. Well, Debbie is trying to get it right and get it tight. But she's she could have went down to the gym down the street. She no, did not have to come she's there. She's got this man, you know, she is trying to you know, she get her getting, summer body on. Well, you know, I feel it on that. I'm trying to get it right. But, uh, yeah, so she's going to do this workout, or she starts doing that with Ted and Emmett, but she's also a little worried about a different kind of workout well it's been a minute you know they say if you don't use it you lose it I, i'm pretty <laughs> sure she ain't used it since michael came out you know what i'm saying i mean she's around herself around the gays her brother everybody she knows well, gay. she just prioritized michael yeah and, 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 and for vic. A while vic yeah mm-hmm. and anybody else but her so yeah true so it's been a while so we go back to the locker room girl and... that's my favorite room <laughs> Everything, you, everything yeah, happens. you said, I love when they go to the gym. I was like, for the locker room That scenes. part. Okay, I love it. The locker room be popping in there, okay? I love that. <laughs> Keep taking us there, writers. Uh, so they are talking. Um, there are two guys that are talking, and they are they make a comment about, do you remember when everyone wanted to put on weight? That brief moment in the 90s when everyone wanted to put on weight so that no one thought you were positive. And they continue that conversation. They talk about a Paul who has passed away. From um, the hospice, AIDS hospice. And Ben overhears this and he's like, who did you say? And they say, Paul. Well, that's Ben's ex. Yeah, that the, Paul. the one who um, infected him with HIV. Right, yeah. Um, so he has passed at this point. And that's how Ben finds out, which is kind of a sucky way to find right. out. Let's go back, though. Um, the part where they were talking about how, you know, you wanted to put on weights and it went, that's just sad. Dang, that's so sad. And that that's another way that they keep this show so true to life, you know, that because that is a very real thing that happened and they addressed it. You mm-hmm. know, they they brought that up like this is something they shine shine the light on something that was sad and tragic and ugly, but they, you know, they still brought that very real thing into this show. True. And so that's just something else that I appreciate about yeah, the, the writers. Yeah, because I had never had, um, heard that before or never even thought about that before, you know? So, like, yeah, it was, yeah. It was like, deep. 
So, yeah, Ben's got that news, and then we'll have to see how he deals with that. Uh, so Justin is at Ethan's apartment, or I guess their apartment now. I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep calling it Ethan's. Yeah, Ethan's. I want to call it Ethan's shanty. Is what yes, I, I love it. when you say that though. <laughs> yeah. I love Ethan's little shanty. He's at Ethan's shanty, and he's working on the poster for the charity event. And um, Ethan comes over and asks him what he's doing, and he's telling him he's doing this poster. And Ethan's on the phone with a friend, and he says they want to meet you. They've heard me talk about you, but they think you're fake, so they want they want to meet you. And Justin is not really interested in that. And uh, Ethan's like, "Well, why are you so antisocial?" <laughs> and mm. he's like, "I'm not. I just you know don't want to be around those people." Oh well, Ethan makes the comment when Justin's talking about the poster being for a charity event. He says, "I wish someone would throw a charity event for us." I'm like, "Oh, you could just go get a job." <laughs> that part, okay? Because <laughs> clearly, you said you little forty dollars. Yeah. You're making forty dollars a day, not you don't an need hour. A charity event. You just need a job. Yeah, okay? that's it. You a grown man. Yeah. Um. Anyway, he says, "Well, how'd you get hooked up with that?" And then Justin says, well, "Someone I know." And Ethan says, well, "Someone we both know." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Ethan's quick. Uh huh. Justin tells him, well, he thought that I was the best qualified. And then Ethan's like, or he's trying to win you back. And Justin's like, well, no, why would I, why would I go back? And he says, well, because he's rich and gorgeous and, you know, all this other stuff. And Justin's like, well, no, I want to be with you. But before we get to the rest of that He scene, didn't do no denial. He didn't deny none of that. Well, yeah, he's rich. Yeah, and he's He gorgeous. didn't, but I think that... It touches a little bit on what he, like what you brought up earlier. Okay, how does Ethan feel about this? Mm-hmm. And if he is going to have some type of friendship with Brian, how does Ethan feel about that? And, but, and Ethan says what we said. You mean to tell me you're the only artist Brian could find? That part. To come and <laughs> do mm-hmm. this? I don't, I don't think, maybe if there's like a list of 20 things or 20 reasons Brian sought him out, maybe getting back together is like number 18, 19, or 20. Right. I don't think it's in the top. Yeah, I don't yeah. either. Uh well, Ethan tells Justin to prove it, like prove that you are here with me. Like forget Brian, prove it to me. And Justin says, "I'm not gonna prove it." And then Ethan's like, "Come on, you can do it." I I don't know. Maybe that exchange doesn't mean anything more, but the fact that Justin's like, "No, I don't. I'm not going to prove anything to you. I don't. I shouldn't have to." That's just kind of interesting coming off yes. when he needed the proof from Brian. And it's I don't, a different type of proof. It is. Yeah, and I'm not saying he's being a hypocrite in that, but it's just kind of like. Because this Ethan shit is too early, you know? <laughs> I, for one, don't be questioning me, you know, on this stage of the game. We don't even have six months under our belt, okay? Yeah. So you either trust me or you don't trust me. Because if you don't trust me, let me go ahead and move on. Mm-hmm. Let, me, let me keep it pushing. Now, he and Justin, I mean, Justin and Brian have been together already a whole year plus. So the fact that he wants him to validate him and say that, you know, I want to be with you and I love you. I'm not trying to say you can't go out and smash nobody else, but just tell me that, you know, I'm the one. You know, it's a difference. I, I definitely think that Ethan has some, a little bit of lingering concerns and worries and insecurities regarding mm-hmm. the whole Brian-Justin relationship. Well, he should be because, like like we said earlier, he's not even a quarter good looking um, <laughs> more, than, than Brian, you know, so. Yeah, not, not, yeah. Mm-mm. Over at Woody's, Melanie and Lindsay are there and they are treating Brian to a drink, which of course means they want something. <laughs> and Lindsay says, we've decided to give Gus a sibling. And Brian's like, okay, great, fine. So he like downs his drink and then <laughs> he's like willing to give them a little sample right right Too then. much. And then Lindsay's like, well, no, um, it's not going to be for me. Um, Melanie is going to carry this time. And uh, Brian's like, nope, I'm out on that deal. Which... I get where he's coming from. Like, not just their personal relationship, but just how Melanie has treated him regarding Gus this whole time. I get why Brian's like, mm-mm. It was hard enough when Lindsay was was uh, mm-hmm. was carrying. And so, like, I can just imagine what it would be like with, with Melanie. You know, like, Brian is having too much fun with this. But now you need me and you want you want to carry my seed? Yeah. Uh, he's just having too much fun with this. Yeah, no, I... I yeah, I mean, I get both sides of, of this. I get why Melanie is initially hesitant, and I get why Brian is hesitant, too. Um, just because, like, they did put him through a lot of crap. I think if they were going to, it would have been better if Melanie carried first. Because then um, the expectation would have been different from the start for yeah, Brian, you mm-hmm. know? And But I think because Lindsay did it, that shifted things. Mm-hmm. So, Well, Lindsay says, well, we had a deal. um, and then Brian says, well, you're the one who changed the term. So I guess, like, whenever Lindsay brought this up, we're probably when she, you know, probably Initially. wore Brian mm-hmm. down and got him to agree. 
in her mind, she might have been thinking, and any kids that come after. But, um, which is kind of interesting because she was just telling Mel that they didn't want anymore. But anyway, so Brian's like, nah, I'm not doing that because it's already hard enough the first time. You're the one who changed the terms. It was supposed to be like he was willing to get, do it for Lindsay because that's his friend, but him and Melanie got a very sordid history. So, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, I wish I could have that whole backstory. So, uh, some very helpful friends have shown up to help Debbie. Uh, Emmett and Ted show up for a tutoring session or sec- section. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, well, anyway, uh, because Debbie is nervous, she told him then that at the gym that she's nervous about this next step with uh with Harvath, and so they are here to help. And they lay out a an assortment of dildos of all shapes and colors and sizes. <laughs> they come for prepared, okay? Yeah, and Debbie is so precious in this scene because usually we see her, her being so sure, and so and she looks so scared and timid. She in does, this. yeah. And finally, like they have something to teach her. Like it's always yeah. she's trying to teach mm-hmm. somebody else something, but they've got something to show her. So. Ted has nominated Emmett because he's like, he is the best at this. Yeah. <laughs> and he now knows this from personal experience. So <laughs> he has nominated Emmett to demonstrate the technique for her. The technique. And as he's doing that, he Ted is very impressed with, uh, with Boy, Emmett's work. I know. <laughs> Emmett had me dying. Okay. That right there is that Emmett special. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, they tell Debbie that there are women in Beverly Hills who pay $1,000 a head for those lessons. Yeah, mm-hmm. a head, okay. <laughs> yeah. And Debbie's unsure about this just because she's, as much as she talks about, like, freedom of expression and gay rights and all this stuff and the right to live your sexual life the way you want to. She uh, puts herself in a box. Yeah, for herself. She doesn't give herself that same freedom. Mm-hmm. And so she's very nervous about this. And so they are saying, like, hey, don't you want to make him happy? Which if that's all they said, I would be like, wait a second. But yeah. then they're saying, don't you want to enjoy yourself too? So you want this to be a good experience for both of you? Because that's really what she's nervous about. Right. She's like, what if I'm not good enough for him? That's mm-hmm. kind of what she's worried about. And so they just say, like, hey, you want this to be something that the two of you enjoy together. So why not do a little, do a little practice? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can tell it's been a while because why she grabbed the smallest she one? She really did grab the smallest one, and they were like, "Come on now, Debbie." <laughs> they didn't even say nothing. They just gave her that look like, "Girl, nah, yeah, Listen, you better than that." Yeah. So she reaches for another one, and then they count yeah. down, and yeah, and they let the technique begin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we see Ben outside the diner, and um, you can tell that Paul's death has really hit him. It's really hitting him hard, not just because. That was his friend, but that was his ex. And then just like all the other stuff that's tied to that. And Michael comes over and brings him some coffee. And he's trying to talk to him, talk to him through this whole situation. And what Ben ultimately reveals is that he is angry. He's angry at Paul for for getting it, for giving it to him, and for not taking care of himself. Because Paul didn't fight back against it the way that, that Ben has. Because Paul felt like it was a lost cause. And mm-hmm. so Ben's like, okay, maybe he was right. And so at this point, Michael's trying to give him some words of encouragement, some words of affirmation, but really Ben's just not in a great space. I mean, I love that Michael is there for him and it's trying to help him through it. But I mean, some people just need a little time because I feel like Michael efforts are falling on like just they're just they're just not falling. They're not hitting where it needs to hit. Yeah, because this is going to be different. Like you're you're my partner or person or whatever, but you don't understand it on like you only uh, understand. On, the, on certain yeah, levels. On certain, yeah, there's a different level to this that you don't understand. So I think because of that, it's hard for him to really accept Michael speaking into that specific hurt, and that specific just, space. That experience with him dying just made it so surreal for, for, um, for Ben. You know, mm-hmm. like, damn, if he's gone, I'm next. Because it so. just seems like that's, okay, we're going down the line. I got it from him. He's gone. Yeah. So then, yeah. And Ben is thinking about, like, all the things that he's been doing. He says that, like, all the things that he's been doing to try to stay healthy, he still ended up in the hospital. And so, yeah, for him, this is just, this is very hard. Yeah, it's hitting him differently. So Over at Debbie's house, after three ounces of cod, Horvath is full. And uh, (laughs) so he's done with the food portion of the night. And now he's ready for some dessert. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he is ready for his dessert. And uh, yeah, he is not hiding what he wants. Mm -mm. Well, Debbie tells him that she's nervous. And I really love that, that she's able to be honest with him. She says that she's nervous and 
that it's been a long time. And Horvath is not freaked out about that. He doesn't make fun of her. He's like, don't don't worry. I'll walk you through it. It'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, and that was really sweet. He was like, I'll be gentle. Mm -hmm. You know, we're in this together, basically, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Very sweet as they make their way um, up Downtown walking fast. Okay. Mm -mm. Sorry, baby. (laughs) (laughs) So... Justin is at the loft with his poster, and he is showing Brian his progress so far. Brian's reviewing it and gives him some pointers <laughs> to make it more make it more sexy, basically. And Justin says, "Well, it's always about sex with you, and or it's always about sex." And Brian says, "Well, unless it's about death, but death doesn't sell tickets, which is true. It is true. But God, I thought I was about to get more from the scene. Yes, because oh. I loved it. Yes. The two of them there in the loft, and Brian looks so good. He finally looks put together because yes. he's been looking a little strung out, mm-hmm. <laughs> except for that scene in the loft. I mean, at the diner earlier, and Justin was looking so good too. Yes, and, and they're talking to each other, yeah. and yeah. And when Brian called him over, like, well, you could get it if yeah, you were closer." could get yeah. a better look mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I just knew that if Justin got over there close enough, he was going to look into it. If Michael Punkers would have never came <laughs> to the door. Yeah. Okay. We ruined by Michael again. That is what happened. Yeah. Because it was just getting good. Now, I don't think that. I thought it was, it could have been a, a good one of those stairs, like one of those stairs that tells, I miss you. I think there could have been some silent communication going yeah. on, but I don't think that they would have actually done anything. I don't want them. They don't have to no, even have sex. I yeah. want them to look at each other so they can see it. Right. I but, want them to get on like the same page. Yeah. yeah. You know, so, I mean, touch him. Yeah. But Michael uh, had to show up. Yeah. And he walks in. He's like, I brought food. And then he sees Justin there. He's like, oh, I didn't know that I needed to get it for three. And I'm like, just go away. Yeah, go just- find Ben. He's Exactly. Where is your man? He is sad. Okay. Yeah. He, he was chasing you. Brian around, but he got his heart broke. Why don't you go chase your man? He's he's going through, and you you ain't even over there. Yeah. The um. Justin says, "Well, we're done, right?" He looks over at at Brian, and uh, it's like, "Okay, so I can I can go." And then Brian looks at him and kind of gives him a nod, but I don't think he wanted to give no, that nod. He didn't. <laughs> but um, I love how Justin looked. He had like a little smirk on his face when he said that. Like, we're done, right? Like had a little, like I think he wanted him to be like, nah. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. no, nah, we ain't done yet. Yeah, but um there's so much that gets said between the two of them without words. Yeah. You know, even like through their even when they're not looking at each other, just I just feel like there's something in the room whenever the two of them yeah. are in the room together. No, you can feel it. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you and can... I, it comes across through the screen. Like yes. the TV screen. You literally can feel it. It's and I never feel that when he's in Ethan's presence, but something about when he and Brian are in the same scene, like you can feel it. Yeah, you can definitely just, yeah, feel that all, yeah, mm-hmm. in the air tonight. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Now you can do songs though? I didn't sing it, so okay. that's different. Uh-huh. I can quote it, but I didn't sing it. <laughs> <laughs> so Justin leaves and then Brian says, oh, I'm so glad you two made up, but. They have a very quick exchange, just like a hey, hey kind of thing. And I love that he was like, hey. No, yeah. It was just like, no, like, we're going to work together, but I still don't but have to like it. your ass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then Brian and Mikey are getting very high and going through their yearbook. And yeah, I guess I'm just trying to figure out, like, why this hangout is happening. I know. Like, um, you know, why, why is he never with Ted and Emmett? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like anymore. You, yeah. You're not friends with them anymore? You only see them at the gym? So I'm just like, mm why are you over here? Yeah. Why? Yeah, I'm going to have to think a little bit more about the whole purpose of them hanging out at this point. But what they do get to is Brian making a comment about how the world is so crazy. Why bring another kid into it? And then, because in the back of his mind, we know Brian, sometimes he will like bat something away, but some certain things lodge in his brain and he continues to think about it just in his own time and in his own way. Michael says, well, you brought a child into it. And he's like, yeah, well, Lindsay convinced me when I was tr- when I was tripping, which is probably true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he says, well, tell me one good reason. Why would a queer person want to, a queer couple want to bring a kid into this world? And after a hit of whatever he's smoking, Michael says to to piss off straight people. So <laughs> that was the right thing to say, because we know Brian will piss off straight people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is his favorite thing. Yeah, he loves doing that. Yeah, so we see Debbie and Carl, and they are post-coital, and it looks like Carl had a good time. <laughs> oh, girl, Carl had a good... I'm surprised he had no damn heart attack, because Debbie put it on him, girl. Yeah. And she's uh, sitting over there looking out happy like, I did that. <laughs> yeah. It's been a while, but I did was that. Was everything okay? Yes. Yeah, well... He thinks that Debbie was pretending that she was putting on a, a, a front when she was saying that she was nervous and she was so worried she had done it forever. 
And he says, you know, no one can do what you just did without practice. And he's like, you could teach a class. Yeah. And Debbie says, well, this was the first time in years. And Carl, he's not buying. He doesn't believe her. And he's not trying to be mean or whatever. Because he's giving her a compliment. Right. But but she's not taking it that way. And I get exactly where she's coming from. I better say, like, I wouldn't. I mean, okay, I just told you that it was my, I haven't done it. And then you're still telling me that I have. So you're basically calling me a thought out here. And for you ones who don't know what a thought is, that hoe over there. But also, you're just calling me a whore. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, mm mm-mm. Yeah, so I totally get where she's where she's coming from. And it's just like, that was a big step for her. And then for you to think that I do this all the time, just whenever I feel like it. Right. Yeah, that's a little bit of an insult to to her. So she has him um, get up and leave. <laughs> now, she kicked his ass out, okay? It <laughs> yeah. was not like, get up, you, need, you must leave. No, it was like, okay, I'm a whore. Get your hands up and get up out of my bed. What? Get out. Yeah. He ran out. But I'm so happy that they actually covered him up. Like, I did not want to see Horvath, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> little dirty bottoms. You know what I'm saying? Like, I did not want to see that. Um, yeah. Uh, so, Brian and Justin are out by the diner walking in. Brian is giving him his check because Justin turned in a great product, a great poster. So, he's paying him. And he also included a $100 bonus for finishing on time. I mean... He knew he was gonna finish on that time. That was the deadline. It's not yes. like you could have extended it. No. Like it had to be done. But yeah. But thank you for the extra money. Yeah, thank you for the extra money, uh, Mr. Kenny. We're on to you. But he also gives him two tickets. He says one for you and one for Ian. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then speaking of Ian, he shows up. I think he He's like stalking girl. <laughs> he was supposed to be in school. Why? why He's you got some kind of radar on Justin that goes off like anytime he's near. Girl, Ian he Ryan. got the bug in because his coat. He flew over there. Yeah, I was like, where did he just pop up at? That was weird. Brian turned his back and he was there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like he yeah, blinked well, and he, he appeared. moves in quickly to uh, show him exactly who Justin is with now, and. He says, oh, you know, Brian was just paying me for um, the poster and you know, told me he did a great job or whatever. And he says, well, an artist always does his best work when he has someone he loves to inspire him. Hey, well, that's, I mean, boy, if you don't sit your little shady ass down, okay, again, just just be play nice. Yeah. You know, just play nice. <laughs> this man just gave y'all $600. Like, okay, he's and he's over there with you. Yeah, and he's so, with you. So that little comment wasn't needed. It, yeah. And then he's going to take the tickets and give them back to Brian. Boy, if yeah. you don't get your ass on, like, no, next, you make $40 a day. Okay? <laughs> right. Do you know how many damn days that is for you to go out there and do that? That's two weeks if worth of work. If anything, go sell those tickets. Yeah, for real. <laughs> go sell those. Yeah, well, Brian sees him. Yeah, he, he takes them back. But he says, well, I'll go ahead and put you guys on the list anyway because what the conversation that Brian and Ethan have are having has nothing to do with the Justin. conversation. Yeah. Brian and Justin would be having. Mm-hmm. And Ethan's almost like speaking for him or like intervening and not letting mm-hmm. Justin speak to, to Brian or not letting Brian speak to Justin. Showing his insecurities. Say. Yep. And Justin's face looks a little bit uncomfortable before they, they turn to leave because I think he doesn't want to insult Brian, and he, right. you know he wouldn't treat him the way that Ethan is treating him like that. So, but then he also can't be like, but Ethan, what are you doing? Yeah, and yeah. he can't stand up for Brian right yeah. there in front of Ethan. So yeah, it's kind of an awkward spot. But they turn to leave, and then Brian has to watch them walk off together and making out and shit. Like I was yeah. like, uh, uh-uh. asking him about his day and stuff like that. So and he mm-hmm. asked him, "Why are you not in class?" Like, mm-hmm. yeah, why aren't you in class, bro? <laughs> yeah. How the hell did you know where I was? Right, I yeah. didn't hear no violin. I didn't hear none of that shit in the corner. Why you ain't out there making some coin? For real. That's if what you I was ain't in say. school. If you're not in class, why aren't you on a corner somewhere? Making some coin. Okay. Because this 500, this is for me. Okay. Matter of <laughs> fact, I ain't even telling you about the extra 100. You know what I'm saying? This five is for me. Yeah. So, no. Back at the diner, Debbie is serving Ted and Emmett. And uh, <laughs> they're like, well, so how did it go? And she says, well, he thinks I'm a whore. Yeah. <laughs> and Emma says, I'm so proud. Yeah, enough for real, though. <laughs> that mean, girl, you turned it out. Yeah. You turned it out, okay? So she lets him know, I was perhaps too good, and it gave him the wrong impression, and she didn't like the way that it made her feel. Mm-hmm. You know, the assumptions that he made, she didn't like how it made her feel. Um. So Ted and Emma are like, okay, maybe we, maybe we were a little too good. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But y'all need to be putting that class together for real, though. Because the women will pay yeah, they will. $1,000 ahead telling, for ahead. that. <laughs> okay, that's how you market that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, Melanie and Lindsay are also at the diner, and they are looking at possible donors. They're going to just, I guess, go through a sperm bank. So Melanie's looking at different options there. 
when Brian comes over and in a very Brian Kenny way tells them that, okay, fine, I'll do it. You know, I'm willing to I'm willing to lend a hand or yeah. whatever. And then they're kind of like, don't believe him. But then he's like, no, I'll do it. Okay, whatever. And then he says, yeah, if it's a boy, you can name him Brian Jr. And Melanie says, what if it's a girl? He says, you can name her Charity in in honor of my donation. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I love that, though. It was so yeah, funny. Yeah, well, and he tells him, okay, well, let's go piss off some heterosexuals. So Ben is at the gym, and he is pushing himself way too hard with the with the weights. And I think just everything on his mind, and then, like, doubling and tripling even his efforts to be healthy, to be strong. To not let the thing that got Paul get him, you know? But what he's really going to do is kill himself. Yeah. You know, trying to stay healthy. I mean, you're pushing yourself way too hard. You're working out with all these weights. You do not have a spotter behind you. Anything could have happened. Yeah. Well, he sees a guy across the gym who is very buff and looks very, I guess, we'll go with healthy because <laughs> that's the whole thing that they've been talking about as far as, like, weight and whatnot. And... um. He goes over to him to ask for some uh, supplemental help. Now, you thought he was going to go. I thought he was going to go cheat. Yeah. And I was like, hell no. Like, oh, my God. But then when he um when he said for nutrition, I was like, Ben, don't do it. Yeah. Like, no, you don't need the steroids. Yeah. So we'll see if Ben goes through with that or not. Uh, so Ted and Emmett have pulled up on Detective Hor- Horvath down at the station and they need to talk to him about an oral misdemeanor. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, there's some riders, okay? That's how you ride for your homie, all right? Yeah. They pulled up fur and all, okay? Emmett yes, pulled up to let him the, know. The fur. Yes, it. all yeah, the faux fur. <laughs> but I mean he pulled up, okay? Like we're gonna we're gonna get this settled right now, okay? It was me. Yeah. Well, they tell him that Debbie was nervous and so they gave young Deborah a crash course. <laughs> From now on, her name is no longer Debbie. Okay. She's it is young, young Deborah. Deborah yeah. Okay. They say, Well, hey, she thought that you were insinuating that she was a slut muffin, <laughs> basically. <laughs> and so Carl is like, Oh, okay, now it's starting to to make sense. Mm-hmm. You know, he's thinking that Right after that moment, or in the heat of the moment, he didn't really understand what was going on. Like, why was she upset? I'm giving you a compliment. Why are mm-hmm. you not taking it as such? And so they helped him see, oh, this is how she might, she took it. Mm-hmm. That's why she might have been offended. Um, but uh, a girl walks in, and she's got on the same coat as Emmett. <laughs> 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 and Emmett does not appreciate that. Not at all. Yeah. Because, you know, she's one of those street walkers. <laughs> And he's like, uh-uh. Yeah. Um, but Ted is there for him to, you know, comfort him. Uh, so Justin is at this very pretentious and lame college party. I somehow managed to avoid all of those when I was in college. Because, <laughs> girl, I was over there yawning watching that. I was like, Justin got way yeah. too much personality for these motherfuckers. Yeah. He looks bored out of his mind. He's in his turtleneck. We're getting a lot of turtlenecks from Justin Yeah, this season. I'm feeling the turtleneck on No, he looks good in the okay. turtleneck. Yeah, but, I, um... Well, Ethan comes over and asks if he's having a, a good time, and Justin says, yeah, it's fine. I'm just nervous. Well, one of Ethan's friends comes over and asks Justin, oh, you're studying art. What do you what do? you do?" And Justin tells him what he's been working on, and the guy's like, oh, you're not just a pretty face. Okay, that's rude. Yeah, and so Justin uh, gets him together real quick. <laughs> real quick. Okay, he checks him. Uh, he says something along the lines of, I have a really big dick. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I have a really big dick. And uh, I can't remember what he checked him. I can't remember the second the second line, but I was like, "Come through, Justin." You know, like that's the Justin we know. Yeah, stand up for yourself, and he did it with a smile. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Get them together real quick." Yeah, it's like, "Don't talk to me like I'm less than you or beneath you." Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh. Uh-uh. Jaboring ass. Yeah. Well, in contrast, over at the carnival, Brian went way over the top Turn on up. purpose. Turn <laughs> up, okay? Yeah. Turn up, palooza. And so, apparently, this was not in the proposal that Brian presented, which I don't see Philip and Tannis approving that Never. at all. So. I was like, where are we? What is this? Like, yeah. I mean. Their faces, there's a sour look that they yeah. always have on their face. Like, it's yeah. sour, girl. And even Melanie is kind of like, Brian, this was, this was this little, too much. This too much. And then he says, well, you know, all men are created horny. Basically, it's okay to just have a little fun. No, true. Um, no, I, girl, I want tickets to that damn party. Yeah. That party was lit. They don't, I have never experienced anything like that before. I want to, that's the, that was the gay Cirque du Soleil. Yeah. Cirque du Soleil. He's trying to open the checkbooks. Yeah. You know? It's just like, give people, give the people fun. Oh, girl. Make it be something wild and crazy, like a, an experience that they've never had before. Exactly. 
And then that's how you get him to come back next time, yep. next year. And you know those checks were flying out. I mean, because yeah. he had everything. I mean, they had ass bingo. This <laughs> man was shooting balls out of his ass. Yeah. Okay? That is... Uh, B12. I Boop. don't even want to know how you find out that you have that talent. That part, okay? <laughs> we go back to the other party, and Ethan is having a conversation with some of his friends, and just Justin walks over and says that he's leaving. And Ethan's like, is everything okay? I can come with you. He's like, oh, no, I'm just, I'm just tired. And he tells Ethan to stay. Ethan ain't no fool. And so he just kind of like looking. looks at him and he says, well, I love you. And Justin's like, uh-huh, yeah, Me you, too. You. It's like, <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, he ain't even saying it back. Like, he, he's no fool. He's looking like, uh-huh, I know you're going. Yeah, well, and look on his face. It's like he's a, not too happy that that Justin left, but... Because Justin didn't even say bye to none of the friends. Yeah, and I mean, he may feel like Justin's not trying, but Justin did come, mm-hmm. you know, and he told him before that, like, this is really not my scene, not my crowd, but he still went, and, and I do think he is trying to figure that out because we haven't seen him going to Babylon lately. Yeah, he's not out. So he's not doing that, and so I think he is trying to find a different social circle, but it's not going to be that group of friends that Ethan's hanging Absolutely out with. Absolutely not. That, that was a boring. Yeah. Well, Debbie is home alone with three ounces of chicken and four ounces of lima beans. And <laughs> Carl shows up to talk to her. And he says that Emmett and Ted told him that what she did was for him. She did it to please him. And Debbie says, well, I thought that's what people do when they care about each other. And Carl says, well, I went to the two lesbians on the force and he got his own little crash course from them. Okay, and he had them <laughs> lips ready, okay? Yeah. David, it's he, your turn. He said it was very informative and... He got some homework to if, do. Yeah, if she'd care to retire to the boudoir, he, yeah, he's got an assignment. Yes, baby. <laughs> Enjoy yourself, Deborah. okay? Young Deborah, gets, what, gets what's yeah, um, due to Deborah. you. Okay. <laughs> Oh, back at the carnival, um, it is wild and uh, popping over there. And Michael is there, and he tells Ted and Emmett that he's missing Ben, but he says, you know, he's at home and he's dealing with the stuff with Paul, so he's just not in the mood for to come out and do this. Well, Ben shows up, and he is very chipper. He is. That's um testosterone. Yeah, he did it. He went through. I'm telling you, he went through and did that shit. And he was so happy picking Michael ass up yeah, over the threw shoulder. Yeah, shoulder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I mean, ooh, come on, Ben. Yeah. So Melanie and Lindsay have gone home for the night, and Melanie is telling her that she doesn't want Brian. Like, even if he's willing to do it, she's like, "No, I don't want Brian to be the the father." And um, she says, "Well, he humiliated the center." And Lindsay's like, "Yeah, but he made them over a hundred thousand dollars, and supposedly that's supposed to be matched by by his these um, other yeah, yeah these yeah, people, his clients, con- yeah, these connections that Brian has. So a good old chunk of money." And Melanie's like, "I don't care. <laughs> like that's not enough to convince her." And she says, "You really expect me to have a baby with someone like him, someone like that?" And Lindsay says, "I did." Uh, but it's just totally different. Like that's your friend, Lindsay. Mm-hmm. You've known him for longer. Y'all have a different relationship, and so. I get why Melanie would be more hesitant mm-hmm. to do it. True. But, I mean, mm, yeah. Mm. I mean, okay. <laughs> I don't know how you, you think she should. You think she should go with? I mean, yeah. You have to look at what they're, I mean, not just where the kids are related, because that doesn't really matter, because legally, Gus is not Brian's child anymore. We know that he still has a We just talk about the same blood, and we talk about when, when Gus does need something, we do know that he will crack open that checkbook. We True. don't know about who she's going to the sperm bank for. But you know? is that fair to Brian to like, okay, we're going to need somebody to to pay for things or somebody to whatever. Is that fair to Brian? Well, like, Especially with this being the one that Lindsay carried, I mean, that Melanie carried, he's going to have very little interaction with that child. And so is that fair to say, well, I don't think that they why would, he would be a good dad? I don't think they would cut him off like that. I, I really don't. Although mm-hmm. Lindsay and Brian do not like each other. Melanie. I mean, I'm sorry. Melanie and Brian doesn't like each other like that. I don't think they would cut because they had some moments where they connected. But I still think in Melanie's mind, she wants their family to be her, Lindsay, and their children. She doesn't want it to be her, Lindsay, their children, and Brian. Definitely. I mean, definitely. And Which Brian, it shouldn't be if that yeah, was the agreement. It, it, it shouldn't, shouldn't be. be. No, no. So it shouldn't be. But at the same time, I think that those kids do should come from the same people. From the same. Yeah, they think they should actually be brothers because they won't be brothers. They'll be brothers, but they but, wouldn't be but brothers. But then it's like, well, how much does that matter? If you're already having a um like a non-traditional family, how much does that really matter? But if you have the opportunity to have them to be brothers, why not take that? I get that part, but I just... And you already know this I, person. Yeah. You know, it, 
You already know, um, you know, already know who he is. You know, you have you know the things that you like and don't like about him. You don't know any of that stuff when yeah. you when you're doing what she's trying I, to do. I'm not saying that Brian's not a good choice. I'm just questioning how fair it is to choose Brian when you're only looking at just facts on paper. It's not like this is my friend. I want to do my I want to do this with my friend or whatever. That's my only. I mean, somebody's that. bound to get hurt in this arrangement. I mean, they're yeah. they're bound to get hurt in this arrangement. Because although Brian doesn't want this child, we saw how he was when it came down to signing over the rights. Mm-hmm. You know, like somebody's going to get hurt. He already knew then with Lindsay that he that baby wasn't going to be his. And he still put up that fit. So, I mean, yeah, well, way now, go. Yeah, because in the first situation, it's really like Brian was putting himself into a situation that he wasn't really supposed to be in. Yeah. Because as let Melanie tell us, the understanding was Brian was going to have no involvement with this. Aside, right. aside from just seeing it, you know, at the diner at Debbie's or right, when right. it comes over or whatever. But he was not going to be a father legally or figuratively in any right. way. Let Melanie tell it. And he still isn't. I mean, he sees the baby when him and Lindsay are out and about. I don't. That's why. I, I don't think that's why he has toys at his house. Yeah. But, I mean, he wouldn't have toys at that loft. That baby is not coming over there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let me bring this argument back. Okay. So in, let, diners, please let us know what do you guys think about mm-hmm. Melanie and the decision with with in Brian. Should he? Should she go with Brian? Should she not? What are your? What are your? It's all just opinions. Just what let your, us know, Team Brian, Team Sperm Bank. That's all we want to know. <laughs> yeah. So we we shall see mm-hmm. uh, what happens with that. So it seems that Justin has made a detour on his way home because he shows up at the carnival and <laughs> Brian spots him from Quick. afar. Quick. Yeah, and you can see like. His posture changes. His face lights up a little it bit. Did. He even kind of smooths his shirt down because there's some guy <laughs> who's just rubbing on him, on, you know, on the side there. And uh, but he sees Justin and he immediately gets up and starts making his way through the crowd over to him. And they meet up and Brian asks, where's Ian? And Justin says that Ethan is with his friends. Justin just kind of looking around. And I think he went for a couple reasons. I think he went. Because Brian invited him, because he wants to know this. These are his people. These are his friends. I think he yeah. cares about this cause. I think all of that. I mean, I think he missed being around them like that. He yeah. had, he's definitely um, excluded himself from the whole group. Mm-hmm. I mean, they see him around at work, yeah. but they all haven't hung out in forever. So I know he wants to see them. Um, two, this is more his scene anyway. Yeah, you know, this is definitely his so. scene. Three, he did paint a, a portrait for the, the the cause, and he's he's here for something for that. And yeah, Brian invited him. And also, I think it's an excuse for him to be around Brian. Yeah. Yes, we know he likes Ethan. We know that he keeps saying, I'm with you now. Fuck Brian. I'm with you. Boy, you can keep saying that, but your actions and the, the chemistry when you have around each other says it speaks something different, mm-hmm. you know? So you kind of wanted to be around him. He didn't seek nobody else out. He could have saw him and then curved on over, but he kept going straight and walked right on over to Brian. Yeah. Yeah. I think... I think Justin wanted to go from the time he Brian gave it. him the tickets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he mentioned it. But I think he get, made that decision when he was at a place where it's like, I don't feel like myself here. And I don't feel like any of these people really care to know me. Mm-hmm. They just care to talk about themselves. And I'm not having any fun. And I got the freedom to leave if I want to. But mm-hmm. he couldn't really tell Ethan all that because it could have been quote-unquote innocent that he was going over there but if he had said Ethan I'm gonna go stop by the carnival that would have been a whole fight thing Mm -hmm. so he's trying to avoid that I do think that he yeah he just felt like he really wanted to be there like he needed to go see it for himself because even if he said I want to go to the carnival and I want to go just see for myself Ethan would have thought otherwise oh no you're going because of Brian yeah or if he was like oh you come with me to the carnival because he could have done that but I don't think that's what he did he wanted to do this on his own as Justin because I think that's important to him too like Find, we talked about that before, finding just Justin. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we're a couple and we're going to go to this party or whatever. But part of he still needs to make time for him as Justin. And like you said, that is, that would be Justin's scene, like yeah. supporting the GLC, but also being around his friends and just being around. like That energy. He's young. Yeah. yeah something vibrant It was like that, popping. Something fun. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's the energy he's around. Like, I mean, that matches him. Mm-hmm. That party he was at was dead. It, it seemed like they were way older than 20. Like, well, I mean, yeah, those are those people who have to act like they're so serious yes, and so self-important and whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. come on now, like, get it together. Yeah, so he's there, and then the guy who was previously rubbing all up on Brian comes back over and uh, resumes his work there, and Justin looks at him and says, well, I guess I should go. And he almost looks a little bit disappointed or slightly angry, but he can't say anything. So, um... But it goes back to that... 
when Justin showed he because I think it was a little smidgen that like jealous, but like oh really? It was, it goes back to he handled it so well. Looked at him, sized him up because that's what he did. He sized him up like uh, I guess I should go. He looked at him like oh, this what we doing over here? I mean, he's cute, but he's not me. And with, and with that being said, you can watch me as I walk away. Okay. Yeah. You hate to see me go. What is it? You hate to see me leave, but you love to see me walk away or something like that. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it sounded better in my head. But yeah, he wanted to see all of that. Yeah. Well, so Justin leaves. And then we also see Brian leaving. And he gets out to his the Corvette that he did end up purchasing. And there's a guy parked on his car. And at first, Brian's like, uh, could you get up so I can go? And then he turns around and Brian's like, oh, maybe. And uh, so Brian offers to take him for a a ride. And I think some of what's happening here is they have to get Brian out of that spiral, out of him. Just we can't have him just continuing to drug himself into super and spin around in Babylon or whatever. Exactly. So I think part of it's like trying to get him out of that spiral. But. So I wouldn't quite say that he's moving forward and moving on yet. I don't I don't think that's what's happening. But I think he's getting his feet back under him because here he's hooking up for pleasure and not for pain management, mm-hmm. which is what he's been doing all season long. Correct. And yeah, I mean he was doing that in season one and two, but for a different reason. It wasn't tied to this to this breakup. So I think that's what we're seeing. We're seeing, okay, I've got my footing again. Yeah, he's he's finally gaining his control back. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like, okay, if this is what the situation is going to be with me and Justin, I got to find a way to keep functioning. Right, because <laughs> so. I think he still, like I said previous before, I think he was still holding on to hope. But when he saw Ethan walk up out of nowhere, kisses him, challenge him, speaks for Justin, takes the tickets away, give them back, he, he realized that, okay, like this is, I'm gonna give. I'm gonna make this for real for him. Then I'm gonna step back. I feel like Brian didn't know anything other than what they had, what he had with Justin. What and but now that they okay, they were able to have a conversation. They were able to do this work project together, and so now he's saying, okay, there's a possibility that I can still have in my life in a different way. Right. And so knowing that that's there kind of helps him. Gives him ease. Yeah, ease yeah him helps down. calm him down a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. knowing that that option is still available. So then he. Drives off with this guy in his brand new Corvette. boyfriend replacement Corvette. So, <laughs> yeah, and that is how the episode ends. I was begging for more. I yeah. wanted to watch another one. Yeah, coming off the the three hundred two, which was really really good. Yeah, this one wasn't as emotionally heavy. No, it was light uh, and funny. Yeah, so there's a lot of humor in this one, but still, you know, dealt with some serious stuff. And they're so good about that. I mean, mm-hmm. in an episode where you're talking about. Just death the and HIV. Death and HIV and wasting and all that stuff that happens with AIDS. You also got Debbie getting uh, a 101 yeah. lesson from Ted and Emmett. Th- that and so, goes down right there for like one of the best scenes yeah, so far. Yeah. So I just, I love how they weave so much stuff together. And I love how they give you a very, I mean, of course it's TV, so they have to speed some things up, but you really get to see. These characters go on journeys with different things that they have going on. And that's why we love this show, because we they, they go on these journeys, and mm-hmm. we along for the ride. Yeah. So, I mean, we really um, form these um, connections with these characters, because they make them so true to life. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I mean, the writing is impeccable. It yeah. really is. Like, these are some geniuses behind the show. I love it. I love their honesty. I love how they are just like, hey, we're going to put this out there. This is the truth, so we're going to talk about it. You know, and speaking of honesty, these actors portray everything so honest. I mean, yeah. they literally lay everything out there. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm an actor as well, and I was watching something I was doing earlier today, and I was just like, oh, that's just terrible. Like, it was overacting. Like, I, I like the job, but it's like overacting. And that scene when Justin and um and Brian were in a diner and they were interacting with each other, I mean, it seemed so damn real. Yeah. Even when Brian said it's for the um the what GLC, mm-hmm. the way Justin went from like, what do you want to a smile so big mm-hmm. and just so real. Like, I mean, it was like, damn, this is a real conversation. Yeah. It's almost like this is not, I'm not watching a TV show no more. I'm watching, you know, I'm spying on my friends, you know, peeping in on their conversation type shit. Yeah. I think that's what keeps the show alive 20 years later is mm-hmm. because it all feels so real and it deals with such real emotions and real events and, you know, things like that. So, yeah. So, yeah. We're fans. Yeah, we we're fans. It. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I do. And I, they couldn't have chose a better cast. I mean, like you said, it's I know. They're very also open. perfect. Yeah, perfect. And Michael slays it down, too. I mean, like, although Michael, as, as a character on the show, gets on my nerves, Hal Sparks did his thing, though, as Michael. 
for him to him and him and Robert's chemistry is really good too. Mm-hmm. I mean, the way he just jumps it on him. It is surprisingly him and, very good. Yeah, it's really good. I was like, damn. I mean, was, it ain't it Brian ain't Brian Justin, Justin. But okay, let, let's just get that clear. <laughs> it, it ain't. What do you call him? What's their little name? Brighton. Yeah, it ain't Brighton. Okay, what were we call Ben and Mike? I've heard them as um. Bikey. I didn't like it. See, even the name uh, is terrible. Yeah, yeah. Bikey. Ugh, yeah. No, uh-uh, just do it. <laughs> or instead of Nike, just do it. It'd be Bikey. Just screw it. Oh, gosh. See, no. Mm-mm. I'll take okay. back what I said. All right, guys. Retract that, guys. But anyway, but yeah, the chemistry with all the characters are amazing. And um, I just love this show. And um, guys, let us know what y'all think about this episode. To me, I thought it was funny. Um, Like we said, it was a good weave of serious and, and lightheartedness as well. Um, But we would love to hear your comments. Uh, we asked you guys throughout this episode. We would like to hear your feedback on it. So, when you get to it, please respond and let us know because we love having these discussions and we love just, you know, hearing back from what the listeners, you know, have to say as well. Because it's not a one-way conversation. This is two-way. So we do this for you guys, okay? Do you have anything else, um, Isha? I do not. All right, guys. Well, we love you and thank you for listening. And until next time, we are out of here. Bye. Bye. <laughs>